Hi, I'm Sally. And I'm Ray. Welcome to an episode of Reason for Being. Where we bring you along on our journey of self-discovery, the universe, and all of the magic in between. Tune in weekly for our latest experiences and guest speakers when no topic or emotion is off the table. Let's get out of our heads and into our hearts. This, this is, is our, our reason, reason for being. being. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess welcome to our podcast. Yeah, this is reason for being. Reason for being. I mean, we tried recording this the other day and didn't, <laughs> didn't get too far with it. No, it was a bit of a flop. Yeah, but I guess that's the reason why we are starting this podcast in a way, because yeah. life is a journey and nothing's perfect. No. But, you know, bear with us while we get our shit together. Yeah. I actually kind of yesterday I was thinking like how cool is it that the day we decided to set it up and start it was like the day that we headed into Leo season which is all about courage and like encouraging people to to be brave and and shine your light so other people can start doing the same for themselves so I was like oh I know when you sent that to me I was like god I love your meme like daily meme intake <laughs> it's always it's always relevant oh, yeah. <laughs> real wholesome real wholesome it's also a mixed bag though (laughs) you never know what you're gonna get sometimes it's gruesome sometimes it's wholesome (laughs) I know I can go from like real dirty to real clean always relating and everything in between (laughs) always relating back to astrology though there's a key point to all of it there is Um, I mean when I was younger I used to check my horoscope every single day like tell me about my life yeah but I what think can I expect today it's so funny that you say that because like most people do follow their horoscopes <laughs> or at least their primary reluctantly <laughs> yeah but just their sun sign and they don't know anything else about like the rest of their chart yeah. so they're like oh yeah I kind of resonate with it but I kind of resonate with all of them so yeah. <laughs> or they're like it's like going to see a psychic and they tell you something really general so you're like yeah I can agree with that I'm just one of those gullible people that's like oh my god (laughs) tell me more (laughs) I can't think for myself I can't just tell me about my future please (laughs) yeah I've been there I've been there please forecast my future yeah I don't want to look I don't want to know like yeah I don't don't want to do the work but I don't want to think for myself so can you just give me the map and I'll (laughs) yeah um but anyway we digress we we are here for a reason today (laughs) Um, (laughs) not just to talk shit as much as we would love to sit here and talk about shit (laughs) but um we actually thought the first podcast that we would do is just I guess give an intro and background into who we are and why we wanted to start this podcast yeah like um when you start a healing journey you kind of realize that it's not just who you are today it's actually every element of who you are is like an entire package starting from when you're a child starting from your ancestors yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> ancestral it's not damage. just this life it is yeah. it's a lot of lives it's, it's a up to 47 generations yeah carried in your dna <laughs> yeah. which is something yeah we'll... you're like oh fuck <laughs> yeah it's a lot <laughs> i thought i just had to deal with the shit i remembered <laughs> i know it's yeah but um yeah i guess ray you're gonna deep dive into your story yeah so I was born in South Africa and on paper I guess you could say I had an amazing childhood we had I mean materialistically we had the nice houses the nice cars horses motorbikes and yeah so I always thought I had the perfect childhood um behind closed doors though I had two young parents who had no idea how to regulate their nervous systems. And as a result of that, 
I witnessed some pretty like volatile and violent arguments, mm-hmm. fights. Yeah, it was pretty full on from a very young age. And I mean, my sister would remember so much more of it because obviously she saw even more of it and she was a bit older. Yeah. Um, but as a result of that, I myself went through life with a dysregulated nervous system. Mm-hmm. I was um, basically sitting in or just under fight, flight or freeze all the time. So for some people, something small could happen and it wouldn't bother them. But for me, that would tip me into like, you know, freaking out or getting really angry. And yeah, so that's something that I've had to to work with and, and become more mindful of. Um, but just on that, like, mm. I guess you don't really know that when you're younger, that that's the response state that you're in and you just kind of feel like everybody feels that way. Yeah. And that's how everybody deals with situations. So it's really interesting that you can look at that now and. Yeah. And just kind of be like, okay, I'm feeling a certain way. I need to just like step back and collect myself and ground. Yeah. And also realize where it stems from. Yeah. Yeah. And I only just kind of came to discovering that like a year ago so Mm -hmm. you know every person I've been in a relationship before that especially my ex-husband was like on the receiving end of of me just wigging out over (laughs) you know (laughs) you said you'd be home at six and it's 6 30 flipping tables (laughs) like throwing dinner plates like (laughs) it's been ugly (laughs) um something else I obviously from a young age, I think I dissociated because I don't remember a lot of my childhood or a lot of people in it. And to this day, if I'm in an uncomfortable conversation or whatever, I dissociate still. And so that's another thing that I've kind of had to become mindful of. Um, But moving on from the childhood phase, when I was 12, we moved to Australia and I went straight into year eight, which was oh, not like doomsday. <laughs> Enter Australia like into not, high school. <laughs> yeah, not a good time. Oh my God. Like, no one spoke to me for days. And I just remember going home crying my eyes out, like, please don't send me back there. Yeah. Like I fucking hated high school so much. And I think when we immigrated here is probably the the time when I kind I lost myself because Um, I used to be into horse riding and swimming and netball and all kinds of athletics in South Africa. But when we moved here, I didn't want to try out for anything and I'd I'd never attended any sport days or any of that stuff. I just sat on the sidelines because I did not want to like get recognized for anything. I just wanted to blend in. Mm -hmm. Um, And something else that is quite prominent is the fact that I lost my accent within like two months of living in Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah, so when people now, they're like, oh, you don't have an accent, like you're so Australian. And I'm like, yeah, but deep down I'm like, oh, it's because I literally tried so hard back then to just fit in because I didn't want to be recognised. I just wanted to be a chameleon. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So then within a year of us immigrating, my dad committed suicide and again, that was something that just like, uh, yeah, ugh. you can't explain going through that at a young age. No, and it was just so much already. Like you know, new country, their arguments had just like kicked it up to a whole new level. And 
you know, I was already struggling in school. So then that just felt like another like kick up the ass yeah, <laughs> or a kick in the balls, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so when that happened, I didn't accept help. So I had, you know, counsellors and that approaching me and I was like, no, nah, I'm fine. And I just shut down and was like, no, nah, I'm just going to move on. Um, so then I started partying and drinking <laughs> And that's obviously when all of the emotions would come out, I'd start getting upset and it didn't take long for my friends to be like, hey, Ray, you're uh, kind of ruining our night. <laughs> yeah. A bit of a downer in yeah. there, like, can you just rein it in yeah. a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> we came here for a good time. You're like, sweet, okay. Um. <laughs> now what do I do? I'll just go cry in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. on my own. It's okay, guys, don't worry, I'm used to it. I'm just going to go find a field, <laughs> go sit in the field and cry. Um, so then I obviously learned even more how to bottle up my emotions. Yeah, that it's not safe to express yourself no. in that way. And I mean, getting drunk and going to a party and, and you know, dealing with your shit is not the right place. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I don't hold it against them <laughs> at all. But yeah, for me, I just, I think I just really struggled because I didn't get any help. Yep. So it was coming out in unhealthy ways. Um, and then... Because obviously I just kept suppressing and suppressing. I ended up with an eating disorder by the age of 15. So I had bulimia. Yeah. And for me, it was like binging on my feelings. Like I would just cram as much food in as I could to the point where I was like sweating and my heart was racing and I just couldn't physically fit anything else in. And then the purge was almost like me getting rid of the feelings and I would feel like such a relief at yeah. the end of it but then obviously after that comes like guilt and shame and feeling like oh I'm ruining my body and like eventually it becomes like an addiction and you just can't stop it yeah and did you did anyone know about this or was this like no so this was behind closed doors for probably eight years um, and it just got to the point where I was like, oh, I, I, I need some help. Like I, yeah, I just, I, every single day I'd say, okay, this is the last time I'm never going to do it again. And mm-hmm. then the next day I'd do it again. And sometimes I do it multiple times a day and it just, yeah, started to get to the point where I was like, fuck, I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to overcome this. So I ended up writing my mum a letter before I went to work one day and her and my stepdad at the time were like, oh my God, we had no idea. But yeah, like in the letter I said like if you notice me doing these things can you come check on me yeah Yeah. but it yeah that was something that yeah I think I struggled with that for the better part of 10 years wow that's so crazy yeah and um I had a look into like the spiritual meaning of bulimia and it's like extreme Mm self-hatred and that's exactly uh what you were feeling what I was feeling because I used to just sit in front of the mirror and cry my eyes out and think like why do I have to be me like why do I have to look like this all I wanted was to be blonde skinny blue eyes and I was like why do I have to be this person who's gone through all this shit and I just used to hate myself so much and that's so heavy when you remember that you were 15 when this happened I know your life hasn't even really started exactly (laughs) I know and it's just so sad that young girls feel that way about themselves Mm -hmm. it's yeah like the pressure that girls and boys get to to look and be a certain way the way that we're programmed to feel it's like it's pretty heavy if you don't know how to handle it 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So other than that, I ended up leaving high school at the end of year 11 because I just hated it and I was just fucking around. So mum was like, I'm not paying for you to go to a private school anymore because you're <laughs> wasting my money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a single parent. <laughs> Um, so after leaving high school, I got into my first relationship when I was 17 and we were together for five years and him and I were so not compatible, but he was like the first guy that showed me attention. So you also don't know what a relationship is when you're young. So you kind of just like go with the flow and you're like, well, this must be like how every relationship is. Yeah. (laughs) And I found that, um, you know, I would just get lost in a relationship. Like I was the type of person who would ditch my friends and just become the guy's sidekick and do whatever him and his mates were doing. And I was just like the cool, chill girlfriend, you know. Yeah, like, Um, I don't care. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah, let's go to the casino and watch soccer, even though I fucking hate soccer, but I'll pretend I'm into it. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So that boyfriend was very into glamour models. And I remember... He always had a screensaver of like some chick in a bikini with massive tits Gross. <laughs> and it used to trigger the shit out of me. Like I used to feel so insecure and insignificant by it, which led me down the path. It's not his fault. Obviously relationships are mirrors and he was just, you know, mirroring how I felt. You were accepting that. Yeah, you weren't, exactly. You weren't letting him know that it made you uncomfortable. No, I was like, oh my God, she's so hot. But I really, I, I was like, like fucking bitch. <laughs> How about I just put a giant dick on my screensaver? Would that make you happy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you want? What? <laughs> That's what Why I wanted. Why did you think about that? <laughs> I'm just trying to manifest to a perfect dick. <laughs> oh, so, obviously, this insecurity of mine led me down the pathway of getting my first boob job when I was 18. And... That uh, changed a lot for me because it made me feel like I had some form of power or control over men mm-hmm. because I got treated differently, like for having, you know, a nice rack. <laughs> and did you think that like more men started to notice you? Yes. And also my boyfriend at the time, before I had my boobs done, he was, you know, like would break up all the time. He wasn't really into it. He would flirt with other girls and all of that but it was like once I had them done it it's kind of like he committed to me then oh my god <laughs> yeah and um you know now I can realize that I had this real deep need to feel desirable to men and like, validated yeah like I've always wanted them to validate that I'm sexy or good looking or yeah I really I think that's been one of the biggest things for me to work through yes like, and hey, I still struggle with it now sometimes. Yeah. Like I just had an experience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where I had to fucking pull myself up and be like, whoa, what are you doing? Is this the little girl inside yeah. of me chasing validation or is it actually something? Am I, yeah, yeah, genuinely keen here or is it just me trying to be validated? Yeah. It was 100% me chasing validation. But that's what comes with age and like this journey is that you can have yeah. that outside awareness where you see yourself doing things and can stop yourself. But yeah. when you're younger... Like every second person was getting boob jobs back oh, yeah. when we were growing up. Yeah, I know. So. It was something as well that once I had that done, I would be like, oh, when I'm older, I'm going to get all the surgeries. Like I'm going to get all the injections because I'm going to be a MILF when I'm older. So then it became like 
this life goal that when I'm older, I'm going to be a MILF. That's my life yeah. goal. And it's like how shallow and meaningless. That's <laughs> my know? goal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if I'm like nothing or <laughs> as long as I'm a MILF and men think I'm hot, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that relationship ended after five years and my body had started rejecting those implants. So I got capsular contracture. And I decided, what's that? So capsular contracture is where it's like the scar tissue hardens and like forms around the implants. And yeah, one side more than the other was like rock hard and they would hurt sometimes. Um, Yeah. So I obviously got a quote to get it done in Australia and it was going to be like $22,000 or something. Yeah. So I was like, all right, Thailand it is. All right, let's get a holiday in here and get it for 10 grand. <laughs> Still spend 22 grand, but I get a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the value. Yeah. <laughs> um, so right before I was flying out to get the second pair of boobies, um, I met my now ex-husband. <laughs> um, and that relationship, that one was like a hard and fast one. It was like... Within a month, he told me that he loved me. And I remember being like, well, it's a bit fast, but okay, I love you too. <laughs> you know, and I, I just realize now how much I just let myself kind of go along with things without actually anchoring in and, and thinking, how do I actually feel? Yeah. Um, which I did love him. I like, you know, it was very passionate and hard and fast, like yeah. chem- chemistry love. Yeah. Like- but it didn't take long for like red flags to start showing. And because of my self-worth at the time, I obviously didn't handle things as much or as well as I would have liked to. So then with that obviously comes resentment and regret and that always kind of taints things to the point when you get in your arguments. It's like, well, now I'm going to bring up the past, aren't I? Because I never properly dealt with it then. (laughs) So I'm just going to keep punishing you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it definitely, it got toxic in that relationship, but we were together for 10 years. We ended up getting married and we had a child. You were on the way to the dream, the Australian dream. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, it was, you know, we, right before we got married, we bought a house together and yeah, we had the dog and, you know, we renovated our house and yeah, we had built this nice little life together, but the only problem was that all along I've had like these whispers saying this isn't the life for you (laughs) and yeah it took a lot to to come to terms with it um but what happened next so once we had Indy I really didn't enjoy the first oh don't mind the train yeah don't mind we're just in the ghetto over here In the ghetto. In the ghetto. (laughs) Trains popped in to have a say. (laughs) I mean, that makes it more real, right? Yeah. (laughs) Started from the bottom now. (laughs) First podcast, (laughs) ghetto train tracks in the background. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah. So anyhow, um, we had Indy and I loved being a mum, but I did not love uh, co-parenting with him for the first probably five months until his accident. Um, I remember having thoughts of like, oh, he's just so selfish or, which he wasn't because, you know, in hindsight, he was 
working his ass off for his family and he would do things like, you know, for his birthday, plan a boys' casino night to like, you know, get on the coke and have a big night and there I was with like a newborn thinking you have a family now and you don't want to like I can't yeah. take, I can't take a pram out to the casino <laughs> I and get wasn't, on coke. I wasn't invited <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah I just I remember feeling like oh you're just not present or committed or yeah it just felt like he was going through the motions and I was the one parenting which is interesting because a lot of people do have those feelings mm. so they're like oh he just gets away with everything yeah. I'm at home like looking after I literally haven't had a fucking shower all day I'm still in my pajamas and it's like five o'clock in the afternoon I'm covered in breast milk (laughs) life's great I'm doing fine come here honey you love me no but you're like don't (laughs) don't touch me yeah basically don't fucking touch me (laughs) I've had this little human stuck to me all day don't touch me yeah I'm all touched out but um yeah so that was hard and we had a conversation that I said, you know, I'm struggling and I am starting to feel hesitant of like whether I could stay in this relationship unless things changed. And a few days later, I ended up getting in a major truck accident and that that changed him a lot. It really shifted his focus where he was like, oh, I have a wife and, you know, a daughter and I want to be there for them. And it did turn him into a very present father, particularly like I'm forever grateful for the shift that that made in him for yeah. Indy because their relationship's really beautiful now. But I kind of feel like for me, it was already too late. Like kind of like also took an accident for for you to want to like prioritise me in a sense. Yeah. Um, which again, down the track, we'll get into it. But that's another projection of mine because I was pissed off at him for not making me a priority, but I wasn't prioritising myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, so after the accident, basically at the time of the accident, that's where COVID hit and fucking COVID that, (laughs) that rattled my world, didn't it? Like I just remember at the start, I was like, fuck, I hope I don't get COVID. Um, and then going into the hospital every day and seeing like the changing rules and regulations and like, oh, you have to stand in this line and you can go out, but you can't come back in or um, only one person. No, now babies aren't allowed in here. And just like constantly changing and you can only use this lift. And yeah, it just became like, I was just looking around me and thinking something's not right here. Yeah. I guess being in the hospital, you would see firsthand like the impact it was having. Yeah. A lot of people just kind of shifted through life. Like, Oh, nothing much has changed. Yeah. Nothing much has changed. And just going to the shops, like when there was no toilet paper and no meat and like everything had been, and I was just thinking like, what has gotten into everyone? Like, what? I was just like, has everyone lost their damn mind? And, um, yeah. So I obviously became a bit of a vocal um, tinfoil hatter. <laughs> Anti-social. Um, yeah, very. So once that all happened, I fully went into hermit mode and I just remember sitting up at night and thinking like, how the fuck are people sleeping right now when all this stuff's going on? Because I just, you know, there was just so much information and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just like that. Then it became about you know, like pedophiles and all that. And I was just like, oh, my God, my whole world was just rattled. <laughs> so basically COVID 
put you into a black hole yeah. of looking into things, being like, this doesn't make sense. Wait on, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why are we following these rules? Yeah. Like, what, what is happening? Yeah. Your whole world basically crashed around yeah, you. Yeah, it did. And it also um, created friction in the relationship, even more friction, because, uh, you yeah. know, he wasn't interested in any of it. Yeah, and very different views. So different. Yeah, and it was also like having a child totally changes everything for you and it, that was probably the, my first point of starting to question things of like why do we raise kids this way? Like who says we have to do it that way and what if I don't agree with the way that they're telling me to do it? Yeah, so many rules. Like mm. I don't have any idea because I don't have a child but like hearing what you've told me is <laughs> insane. Yeah, you're just like... <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, during the whole COVID thing, I literally was like, can I just get lost in the rainforest? Like, can I I take Indy and just get lost in the rainforest? I was like, because I I don't like humans and I don't like the way things are heading. So, like, I'm out. I just want to run away. Um, But, like, thinking about COVID now, I'm so grateful for it because it just upended everything and it forced me to make changes that I was avoiding making Mm -hmm. and you know I think the community of people that I've met along the way and it's just kind of made me feel stronger in my views and and upholding like my values and my views like don't worry about what everyone else is doing or what they're saying don't worry about getting them on your team or convincing them just check in with yourself and and follow what feels right for you which is really beautiful because it was almost like the start of your proper internal healing journey. Yeah. So I, um, I've i been working on myself for probably about five years, but over this last year is when I've just given myself like full permission, go all in, follow whatever comes up that you're interested in. And um, yeah, so it's kind of brought me to this point because I have always been into health and food and you know, kind of like questioning the whole memeing, me- memeing, <laughs> <laughs> the whole memeing. <laughs> oh, oh dear, <laughs> meme queen. I'm like, yeah, I am a bit of a meme. Memes are literally like the thing that got me through the hard times because <laughs> I would be in tears, crying, and then I would open my phone and there would be memes, and then I would be crying with laughter and just like, oh my god, I'm so grateful for memes yeah. because. <laughs> they get, just know get how me to get out of the black hole. <laughs> yeah. Give me a little lull. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I've always been into questioning the meaning of life and feeling like there's so much more to life than what we're told that there is, and also that we're so much more powerful than what we're told we are. And that's kind of taken me this year into a lot of workshops. I've you know experimented with plant medicines. Um, energy healing recently I just did a beginners set a healing course which Mm -hmm. the purpose of that for me is just I'm so interested in like how you can use energy to heal and and you know just the power of thought for healing and I did it sorry (laughs) mainly to work on myself but I'm open to it leading into something more if it's meant to yeah, well, energy is a huge base of everything that we deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. So having a better understanding of that not only helps you but the people around you and yeah, being able to find situations where you can use those new skills, like you can tap into it easier. Yeah, definitely. And 
you know, that also brings me to this point, like why we're here right now is when I first started out, I remember, um, you know, everyone was going on about, you got to do the work. I'm doing the work or I've done the work. <laughs> Don't you think it's and funny it, that like that you'll read, like we've always been into spiritual health sort of stuff, yeah. but on a surface level, yeah. like I used to read books that would be like the awakening or yeah. the veil being lifted. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck what is going actually on? Is it? Like, what, what are they talking yeah. about? And so, I, yeah, I was at the point where I was like, I'm happy to do the work, but what is it? Like, <laughs> someone tell me. Yeah, can someone just stop talking about how good they are because they've done the work and yeah. like, direct me <laughs> a little bit like can you just tell me a little bit about what you've done there so that's kind of why I'm here now because I just like to share my experiences and I'm hoping that it might inspire like the regular or hesitant person to just step out of their comfort zone and give it a go like what's the worst thing that could happen yeah 100 percent. because there's not really it's not really a topic that you talk about openly with your friends. Like, no. You kind of feel like they're going to judge you if you want to go down this yeah. avenue. Oh, the, the amount of eye rolls, you know, particularly in my, my ex-relationship, like, you know, I'd say, oh, I'm thinking about it. And he, he would just look at me like, oh, okay, Fruit Loop, you know. Here we go. Again. Yeah, here we go. Now what's she going to get into? <laughs> You're always onto something. I know, though. I am. <laughs> the seeker. The seeker of truth. Yeah. So... That's my story. Yeah. What? What's mine? What's yours, Sally? Oh, God. My, <laughs> what's my story? Honestly, um, I guess I've always just kind of classified myself as like a super anxious and super sensitive person. Like even since I was little, like I remember my sister taking me to the doctor one time being like, something's not right with her. Like you need to check her levels, check her blood, like she's always tired like there's something wrong yeah and the doctors were like no she's fine like everything seems normal so like my whole life I've been told that I'm normal but I don't feel normal yeah it's like a really weird feeling to have yeah there's there's definitely been times where we've hung out and it's kind of like I'll sit down and you'll just be like a deer in headlights and I'm like what's going on (laughs) and it's so hard to explain because like I just, when I grew up, I thought everybody felt the same way. Like I thought, oh, like that person over there is angry or that Mm. person over there is sad. And I really couldn't differentiate like absorbing their energy. Yeah. I was always taking in people's energy and I still do today. Yeah. Like I have shaky, sweaty hands all the time. You always (laughs) talk about your hands. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's really (laughs) debilitating, but, um, I guess it started from a young age and, um, my family, I guess, that was probably, a, yeah, I guess it contributed because I grew up in a family where nobody talked about their emotions and they just kind yeah. of like my mum and dad never really had a proper relationship, I guess. My dad would come home angry from work and my mum would be cooking dinner mm. and then like everyone would be like, oh, quick, like get to the table, dad's coming home, like is he going to be in a bad mood? And yeah. then like that's <laughs> that's it. And then, like, we would never be like, why are you in an angry mood? Yeah, <laughs> we'd just be like, don't you dare fucking ask me questions. Yeah, so I guess um, I learned from a young age, like, don't feel your emotions, just, like, shove them down a little bit further so people can't see yeah. them. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, my mum and dad never really had um, intimate moments, so my mum would actually sleep on a mattress in between my sister and I's bed. Yeah. Like on the tiniest little mattress and we'd go to bed and we're like, night, mom. Every, so every night? Every night, yeah, because they didn't have a relationship. So yeah. my dad was in the main bedroom mm. 
and my mum was just on the floor in our room. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, like I um, co-slept with Indy for the first two years of her life. Like yeah. her and I slept in her room or she slept in our bed for a while and then I moved us into her room. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it's different when... Well, it's like, oh, mum, I'm having friends over. Where are you going to sleep? <laughs> She's like, oh, shit, now I'll I have to be in the room with him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, they ended up splitting up when I was, 13, like, around 13, I think. I think I was just in, like, my last year of primary school, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but I did, never really had a relationship with my dad, um, never really have any memories of emotion or love from him. So that really wounded me from a young age. And yeah. It, what to expect from my partner, I guess. Yeah. I learned that. Don't expect much from them. Yeah. Like it was like, um, how do you explain it? It's like if they don't show you love and they don't give you attention. Yeah. That's love. It's Yeah. It's a form of love. <laughs> yeah. So like that really scarred me and it's only just recently that I've worked out mm. how much of an impact that actually has had on my yeah. life. Um. But, yeah, as a kid, I guess I was super creative. I was always, like, rearranging my room and, like, getting my friends over and taking photos and stuff. Just, I guess I've always had, like... You still do that. (laughs) I know. Like, I still do do that. But um, I guess it was, like, a form of expression for me because I didn't know how to speak and I didn't know how to, like... Oh, that resonates for me too. Like, you know, that lack of intimacy and uh, connection between, like, the parents... Yeah. You know, later on transpired as me not being able to express how I felt ever. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even say, oh, I love you. Like, I was like, what if they reject me? <laughs> yeah. It's like the constant thoughts of like, how is this going to be received? Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, how do I actually feel? It's like, what is going to be the best? Yeah. You think about. Yeah. You're in your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even me sitting today, like here today and bearing my fucking whole life, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> you got this girl. <laughs> But, yeah, basically um, I nearly got expelled from school, like, in the last year because yeah. I was just wagging all the time. <laughs> I had a fake ID. I was going out clubbing. Yes. Like, I guess, <laughs> like, introducing drinking and partying into my world, I thought it was really good because it actually numbed me and, yeah. like, really helped with my anxiety and, like, dealing with people. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, I could just go out and drink and yeah. socialise. Yeah. And nobody like asked me how I feel. Yeah, you're like, hey, I can I'm a bit free here. <laughs> yeah, love alcohol. <laughs> um basically I got into my first serious relationship in my last year of high school as well. Um that was such a nice experience because mm. obviously I wasn't tainted by love then. So, you know, your first love, you get to experience all of the first together. Yeah. And it's so nice. But um We ended up being together for nearly four years and our relationship ended because I actually had an abortion with him. Yeah. So. That would have been hard. Yeah. I was only 20, I think, if I remember correctly, but I don't think you understand the weight of what's happening when you're that age, but like it really made me distance myself from him and I couldn't look at him the same. And I like every time I saw him, it just made me think about it and I didn't want to think about it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to ignore it. Yeah, so, like, I ended up breaking up with him and literally went off the rails. (laughs) 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 Um, I just started hanging out with the wrong people, would be, like, out clubbing every night. Like, my family were like, what the fuck is going on? You're a (laughs) dirtbag. Like, I remember my sister and her um, husband now, they were living with us at the time, and they're just like, yuck, like, (laughs) what is your deal? (laughs) (laughs) 
judgment. No judgment. And I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go get fucked up too. Okay, I'm going to go get fucked up. <laughs> oh. I actually started like um, seeing guys that were just dirt bags too. Like yeah. they would treat me so bad. And I was like, this is fine. Like I don't want any emotion. Like yeah. I'm like this cold, numb. Like, <laughs> this is perfect for yeah, me. This is perfect. This is how, what love is for me now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I ended up burning through the Gold Coast party scene and decided it'd be a good idea to um, move to London. Pull out the big gun. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, if this is fun, imagine what London will be like. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought running away from the Gold Coast and moving to London would kind of help with my progression and moving past what I had been through. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a year and a half over there and basically cried for 80% of the time and I had no real reason for it. Similar to you, like every yeah. time I touch alcohol when I was over there, it was just like all of these emotions would yeah. purge out of me. And my friends were like, what is going on? Yeah, and like, like, Girl. <laughs> yeah, it got to the point where they would just be like, oh. Sally crying. <laughs> let's yeah. let's still be drink. I'd still be drinking. Like, I'd be like I'm fine. I can so imagine. <laughs> I'm fine. This is the- it's all good, guys. Oh, yeah. Happy tears. Happy tears. Just having so much fun right now. Yeah, and we at house parties and new people would meet me and they're like, "What the fuck's wrong with her?" <laughs> oh, it's fine. <laughs> That's just Sally. <laughs> um, you also became a little obsessed with someone over there, didn't you? Oh, standard. Yeah, yeah. I like full hard. The yeah. moment someone shows me intention, I just, like, forget about myself, forget about everything yeah. I want, and it's, like, guns blazing. Like, let's make this man love me. We, Woo! <laughs> we had to have a bit of a powwow this year because my friend here would meet a guy, like, after first date, and there were so many of them. Like, this is my soulmate. <laughs> I think I'm in love. And I was like, okay, we need, we need to stop giving them that title so soon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just put blinkers on and I like... You love love. I love love. Yeah. I've always loved love, but I've just never gotten love. <laughs> because you got to love yourself first. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I all my poor decisions in London actually made me really sick. I nearly got pneumonia while oh. I was over there. So I um, decided I should probably come home. Um, that's when I decided to try and grow up a little bit decided to do a course and yeah that's where I met you (laughs) (laughs) I met you in our interior design course that we did together yeah um uh, yeah we did that for like what a year a year yeah yeah and then I realized after a year of doing that that it wasn't what I wanted to do and that's also in itself like disappointing Mm -hmm. yeah it's hard you think you've actually found something that you want to dedicate some time to like outside of relationships and partying yeah and work out that it's not it's not what you thought. <laughs> yeah. So then after that, I kind of decided to give in and go into the rat race of the corporate world. Um, I ended up moving to Sydney in 2017 because I had met this guy on a holiday. Oh, I didn't even... Tasmania, I remember this. <laughs> oh, my God. No, actually, wait. So I, <laughs> my boyfriend before him, I had bought tickets for us to go to Tasmania <laughs> for his 30th birthday and um, he broke up with me. And I put, I, <laughs> not funny but um he broke up with me and I couldn't get rid of the tickets like everything I did I was like oh I couldn't change the name on the tickets I was just gonna go to waste so I was like fuck it I'm just gonna go to Tasmania on my own yeah 
went to Tasmania on my own, realised it's actually kind of like boring travelling on your own. So tried to match with someone on Tinder while I was over there. <laughs> match with this guy. Turns out he was in like a different part of Tasmania. I didn't end up meeting up with him, but he was from Sydney and I was living in Brisbane at the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, we ended up doing like distance chats for like three months and then we started doing back and Getting forth. Getting Yeah, started flying to Sydney. <laughs> he hadn't even made me his girlfriend. And I was like, oh, I hate my job in Brisbane. I don't like Brisbane called him one day and was like so I'm moving to Sydney <laughs> not for you, not for you. I, like, I just hate it up here I don't like, want to move in or anything <laughs> so yeah that was me chasing love all over again um I, had, I didn't know anyone in Sydney I just knew him so um I just had this toxic relationship with an emotionally unavailable guy mm-hmm. like he didn't want to be my boyfriend remember at my wedding the name card oh my god <laughs> oops I didn't mean to do that went to Ray's wedding and my previous boyfriend <laughs> got to the table and I was like oh here I am and then I looked to the left <laughs> his name wasn't next to me I looked to my right his name wasn't next to me I was like Ray like what's going on and then I looked at the name to the left and I was like oh shit <laughs> I put her ex's name <laughs> yeah you can't even keep up with no. the amount of guys I've been through <laughs> oh, oh, I was like oh she's gonna be pissed at me for that <laughs> oh god yeah But anyway, we ended up moving in together when I was down there finally and probably spent like two and a half years together. But like throughout the time that I was with him, there was multiple things that he did that betrayed my trust. Um, Mm -hmm. I was constantly finding things or like just it wasn't a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Like I would be going through his phone going through his like computer because yeah. I had this intuition that yeah. like something was wrong yeah, like, I've been there <laughs> yeah something was like they're not gonna tell me so <laughs> yeah but the funny thing was is that like he asked me one day like do you see us getting married like I feel like that's the next step and in my head I was like I don't want to marry you but like I'll still be with you yeah I'll still be with you but... um but yeah he ended up breaking up with me like you <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> Um, he had done everything to me and I thought like, I have been the best girlfriend and I'm still staying by your side, but yet you want to break up with me. He ended up kicking me out of the house. Like I had to go find somewhere to live. Um, yeah, it just really triggered my inner child wound from my dad and like fueled the lack of masculine energy trust from there, I guess. Cause I was like, I thought that was love. And I thought I was like putting up with these things for like a future with this guy and everybody does that. But, um. Yeah, so anyway, spent a year on my own after that. Um, I've always prioritised having someone in my life and playing, like, the victim mm. card. Yeah, I always put my self-worth on, you know, how much attention they're giving me or how they're treating me at the time. Yeah, it's the people pleaser yeah. in us. Like, when people ask me how I am or what I'm going through, I actually don't even know how to an- answer it. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, good thanks. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god, are you actually asking me how I am? Like, I'm usually like projecting yeah. all of my yeah. like I'm like getting it away from me. Um, but I guess, yeah, not many people get to see the real me because I ha- I am so closed mm. up. I've always thought that I was open, but I'm not. Like You're like you're good time Sally. The surface level. Yeah. Um, and then when you go deeper, it's yeah, you're like quite guarded and almost like uncomfortable with what's going on down there I know well like that's the thing I'd never stopped to ask myself what was going on Mm -hmm. like I got to the point where yeah I had that year on my own and I was just like this is so fucked like I can't believe he would do all that to me like it's him I'm a victim in this like why do I have to go through this everybody else has successful relationships why am I fucked like 
why am I attracting these guys? Yeah. Like, <laughs> common denominator wasn't me. Yeah, it, no, definitely It was just not. the guys I was into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the same. I'd be like, I've done everything for you and you've disrespected me. But really, you know, it could have been the smallest disrespect, but it was triggering my the father wound of like I was so fucking scared of getting abandoned or I just I'd connected like men to pain and loss Mm. and so I was just projecting that hard (laughs) yeah and it is really hard because back then like well I didn't realize that's what I was doing no well I only figured that out doing couples therapy last year (laughs) I I was like wait what so I'm I'm the problem here (laughs) I know well I only figured that out this year how embarrassing like anyway oh no it's not embarrassing it's good you're here you know now made it here finally (laughs) um but yeah only a year later I ended up getting in another relationship um the one. The one. I classified <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> he and I, like, I guess it was different because he and I had such a fun time together. We were always partying and, like, going out and it was really surface level but I thought it was fun. Yeah. And I guess I kind of settled for that. And if someone knows me on a deeper level, they know that I love DMs and I yeah. love talking <laughs> about, like, why the world the way, like, why everything yeah. is the way it is. And with him, it just didn't happen. But I was like, oh, like, maybe this is what I need. Maybe I need the, like, opposite of me. Yeah. Maybe, like, I'm too deep and he helps to, like. I mean, it, it is good to have a balance. But, it, yeah, you have to meet each other. It can't just be one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hence why we're not together anymore. Uh, part of the reason we're not together. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I was telling everyone, I was like, this guy's different. This one's the one. Don't yeah. worry, guys. I'm, I know where I'm at now. I did a year's work of, on myself, partying on my own. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, we were together for about eight months and we decided he like really helped me in a way of seeing that I was really depressed in my job and that I was someone that loved creativity. And he's like, if you could do anything, what, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And he kind of helped me find out that like, yeah, I wanted to start my own business because I do have such a broad range of skills that like that was something yeah. that would be good for me. And so I didn't have any money and he was like, well, how about like you do it and I'll like fund it. So we were going into this business, com- business together. I was so excited. Um, well, I actually um, ended up going away for a girl's trip and I hadn't seen him. Like he didn't talk to me much that weekend and I thought it was really weird. And then anyway went to his house like when I got back and I ended up getting to his house before him and fate decided to step in and (laughs) deal me the card of a sliding doors moment Um, and I found something that um, made me realize that he had cheated on me and not only had he cheated on me he cheated on me with a prostitute (laughs) (laughs) you're like so so you actually paid to cheat on me (laughs) you paid money to cheat on me the guy that I was starting a business with Mm -hmm. the guy that I thought was the one the guy that I thought this was it and we had a good thing going. Um, so basically it was my black hole moment where my whole world crashed again and I didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. I completely was so numb. All my friends were there for me obviously but, yeah, I just had to get out of Sydney and I decided to move home and start the business on my own. Um, that was something that just, I guess it tipped me over the edge. Like I already had really bad anxiety and stuff, but mm. I guess it just, I don't know. I don't know why it hurts so bad. Like, I think sometimes when you have in your mind, you know, and that that's a whole program that we have is we're always trying to control and we want things to look and feel a certain way or, or be a certain way, yeah. but we're actually not 
taken that much control because on some level we've agreed to go through, you know, all of the hurt, all of the pain for our own evolution. And so, you know, it's like not seeing everything as a waste but seeing it as something that's actually forced us to evolve. A hundred percent. Like I can see that now but at the time I was still in that victim mode of like, oh yeah, why does this keep happening to me? Yeah. <laughs> all I want is love. All I want. And all I keep getting is shat on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I never got the love from my dad. Yeah. I never have had a relationship that worked out. I was like, I need to change something, not, but not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically when I moved home, I was just so numb and was telling everyone that I was fine. Mm-hmm. And um, I started getting like Botox and fake eyelashes and expensive bags and I was just trying to like yeah I wasn't looking inside and dealing with what was happening I was just like if I keep buying material things and like fixing the exterior Mm -hmm. it'll make me feel pretty and it'll make me like have better thoughts and I'll feel good about myself but that was kind of like me with my boobs you know like this false sense of I'm gonna find myself once I have that thing. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> like, let's just find the things yeah. that make us happy because then we'll forget about what's actually happening inside. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just focused on like growing my business and prioritized that over any sort of emotional health that I was dealing with. Um, I tried telling myself that I didn't need love when it hurt like that. So I was just like, if I just have my business, like mm-hmm. that's my child, and I can nurture that. And your business is such a good reflection of you, though. Like. Yeah, I think it might have helped in a way that like it was an, an outsource again, yeah. like like I said earlier. A way to express yourself. A way to express myself without mm. expressing myself. So it was like, here's all this colour and yeah. here's all this happiness and this is who I want to be. But then deep down it's like. Yeah, where you feel. Yeah, like my business like statement is a statement of joy. Yeah. And I wasn't even replicating that in my life. So. I mean, you were definitely out there having fun like yeah. <laughs> every day I was like does this bitch drink every fucking day like I was like how much money do you go through like going to all these places and drinking oh, all God. the time yeah I just had all this excess money because I was working full-time yeah. and had Hazar on the side yeah and I just was killing at home. It. so I was like who wants to drink who wants to party <laughs> yeah. I know and there I am sitting like oh I'm not vaccinated and I can't go anywhere <laughs> yeah on that like I hadn't even COVID wasn't even like on my radar. I was just cruising through life. Hadn't yeah. even like looked into any of that. Didn't really care about it. It wasn't affecting me. So I was like, nothing's changed in my world. Yeah. And I was like, why are all these people like so like concerned about so serious? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my anxiety started to get really bad that I couldn't sleep and my nervous system was shot. I had like a super irregular heartbeat. Um, I started taking antidepressants because I wasn't sleeping mm. and that's what the doctor prescribed me. I said, I've got really like my anxiety's fucked. Mm-hmm. I, like I can't sleep at night because I just have empty thoughts. There's nothing in my mind, but I can't sleep. Yeah. And she's like, just try these antidepressants. <laughs> They're like only a small dose, but you'll be fine. Yeah, you're like, um... Uh, um and yeah still set my party ways like out every weekend yeah I was like I said all my friends have babies and kids and like married so I was the outlet for everyone yeah I know well since you know I've been single I was like Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Sally, what are you doing? Yeah, hey Sally, <laughs> let's uh, have some fun. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, I turned thirty and then decided to go see a psychic lady, and that was when my anxiety was at an all-time high. And um, I got in there, and I basically was going there because I wanted control of my life. I wanted yeah. her to tell me that I had a bright future because the, at that time I thought my life was just 
Yeah. I was numb. You had no hope. I had no hope. I was just like, I'm numb. I don't know what I want. Yeah. I don't feel anything. Like, tell me that I've got a bright future yeah. so that I can look forward to. Yeah. Anyway, I was like shaking and sweating because I was super anxious. Yeah. And she just looked at me and she looked at me with such disgust. Mm. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> she's like you need to work this out Whoa. and I was like oh my god <laughs> someone's she's seen like, it let me get this age out <laughs> yeah but like my friends and stuff wouldn't notice because I I think I got pretty good at like covering it up yeah I mean like it's all good but yeah she looked at me and was like dude you've got some trauma to deal with yeah she actually ended up giving me like a Reiki lady that I needed to go see and she's like you've got trauma as early as like the womb that you need to process yeah and I was like what is she talking about but you've also been told that you know you're you've you're an old soul who's had a lot of lifetimes <laughs> a lot of lifetimes yeah, yeah so you're carrying a lot of shit <laughs> which is also like ancestral stuff yeah. too which is like maybe where my anxiety comes from as well yeah but yeah, another thing she said to me was that she's like, you've got to work out why you allowed the hurt. Yeah. I was like, okay, bitch. Yeah, like, like oh my God, do you want to go? <laughs> oh God, you want to talk about <laughs> You want to talk <laughs> about mama? <laughs> and yeah, I guess that really like stuck. <laughs> I did do that. I stood up and like puffed my chest out. <laughs> I can't imagine you doing it. I just walked away like, okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you, fucking bitch. Um, Yeah, I was like, afterwards, I was just like, that reading was shit. (laughs) It didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. Yeah, she didn't tell me my future was bright. She told me that I'm the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that really hit home for me. And I'd never done any therapy work or healing work on myself um, at all. Mm -hmm. I'd seen psychics a couple of times. Um, yeah, I went off psychics like a few years ago because yeah. I was just like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. I mean, I think there are some. There are some benefits if you've yeah. lost someone and you want to like talk to someone across, like. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, I, I never thought I was worthy of going to talk to a therapist or talk mm-hmm. to someone. I was like, I've only been cheated on. Like, fuck, my life's not ending. I haven't yeah, been so abused. Kind of what I've been through is not as big as what someone else has. Yeah, I always thought to myself, like, am I overreacting? Like, why is my body shutting down on me? Like, I didn't go through anything traumatic. Yeah. Like, um, so, yeah, I guess the Reiki appointment, the first one I went to, I wasn't really open, but I just started crying. Mm. And it kind of made me realise, like, talking to her, just even her saying, like, what has happened. Mm-hmm. And just I bawled my eyes out straight yeah. away. And I was like, fuck, I didn't realise how much I did need this. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise that I had so much stuff that I needed to talk about and just heal. Yeah. I'd taken so much time to, like, look around me and try and fix it with a Band-Aid and mm-hmm. didn't realise that by looking within there's, like, this whole world yeah. that was crying out for help and it was starting to show physically in my body by shaking and, yeah. like, I couldn't really talk to anyone new anymore because I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess that kind of was at the same time as when the flood started mm. and I started to, get, I guess, have a deeper connection with who I was and what I was trying to do with my life and I started noticing things and started, like, it all started to line up and yeah. I started to be like, wait a minute, like, this whole life I've created, <laughs> <laughs> revolving around partying and, like, having a good time, Sally. Yeah. Like, this isn't it. No. 
And I guess that was when our worlds kind of collided again. We yeah. hadn't been in touch or talked for... I think it was like almost five years. Almost five years, yeah. So it was just like, it's so weird how the universe works because I had just started on this journey of like, hey, I might be the problem here. Yeah. Like I have a lot of work that I need to do. And I didn't have any friends that were like spiritually minded or open to the fact that the life that we're living isn't exactly what it what we seems think to is, be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I had just gone down my black hole moment of looking into like government conspiracy theories yeah. and that like the floods were controlled, like weather manipulation. And I started to put my tinfoil hat on and <laughs> Ray appeared. <laughs> Ding, ding. That's when you appeared. <laughs> and I guess like for me on my journey, you were the perfect solution to, well, not solution, but you oh were the perfect. Fuck, my, my head's getting big. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you were just the perfect element to come back into my life because we yeah. had such awesome chats about how the world's fucked. Like <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody knows what's going on. Um, and you had just start, like you had been, through a lot of different healing modalities already. And mm-hmm. I think you gave me my first contact, which is Nanda, who is a theatre healing um, mm. She's amazing. She's amazing. I love yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. And so you like put me in touch with her and I guess it's just crazy what can happen when you have like-minded people in your life because from there I've done multiple different sessions now and yeah. unpacked everything that I had been packing deep with inside me. Yeah. And it is a fucking journey. It's a journey, but isn't it? It's so beautiful once you do start working through it and just you start feeling like that density starting to (laughs) clear and you just start getting lighter and lighter and like happier and happier. And it's just like all of these amazing things start happening. And I think, you know, I've always struggled with Western ways of dealing with things like psychologists and um, you know, counsellors and all of that because it's such a small element to healing. There's yeah. so much more. Like we have a spiritual body, we have a mental body, we have a physical body. So just going and talking to someone yeah, is not the only solution. And it might not be the way that you heal. Like as no. I said from a young age, I've been so sensitive to energy that what works best for me is Reiki. Yeah. And a lot of people have never even heard of that, but it is very similar to therapy. Yeah in a way that they talk to you and like, but they talk to you as well as moving through your body. Yeah. They work, you know, through talking and they also work on your energy field. Yeah. And, you know, something I can talk about on Reiki is, um, the first time I went, I too had just a massive, I just started crying. I had, you know, it was like my voice, I hadn't been using my voice and in my heart, I had, you know, like walls built up around my heart and, yeah, it was a massive release. Mm-hmm. And then a few sessions later, like, you know, as I've been doing all these things, I went and she was just like, oh my God, like your energy is like changing. Yeah. yeah she was just like, it's so like creative and happy and playful. And, and I, and that's how I feel at the moment. So it's, yeah, it's so good. But I guess, um, that's what got us to where we are today. Like I would go and hang out at Ray's and we'd be having dinner and we would talk about things from like government conspiracy, yeah, COVID, like dating. energy, <laughs> dating, like just all of these topics. And we would talk for ages like, la, 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 la. yeah. And then you're like, oh, sh-. like <laughs> it's getting like, late. <laughs> yeah. But, um, like talking about everything with someone really helps and having someone that has their contacts and sharing them with you, it kind of gave us the idea of like, hey, 
I wonder how many other people have been through what we've been through. Yeah. Like every healing journey is different, but at the same time, it's the same. Yeah. The core situation of what's happening, of coming back to your yeah. heart space. Like we're so disconnected from the world that we live in that we're just in our headspace all the yeah. time. So we just wanted to create this podcast to kind of bring you along. Yeah, bring you along and, you know, give you some of the experiences that we've been on and whatever resonates, it might inspire you to go give it a give it a go like what's the worst thing what's that could happen yeah. yeah and like why are we so scared to try these different methods yeah. why are we so scared to talk about things why are we so scared to have intimacy I mean look I think a big thing is that a lot of people sit in victimhood yeah so it's like everything is done to me not I'm in control and when you start healing and you realize that mm. we're the creator and yeah. we are the ones who manifest our existence that's, you know, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> that is the key part of the journey that yeah. starts it for you. Like like both of our stories were saying, we we're always looking externally and didn't yeah. realise that the common denominator in every part of our life journey to date, mm. different, different time zones of our lives, but they all come back to the fact that it was us. Yeah. And it's normally you're not honouring yourself. No. You're not listening to your intuition. You just coasting by like hoping that things will change clinging on to potential blaming other people yeah. for your issues when really there is a common denominator that you aren't working on the things yeah and that's why they keep appearing and <laughs> that's it is it's a bit of pill to swallow when you realize that you are the one who's caused all the pain <laughs> I know <laughs> you're just like damn, damn son and then you yeah. start unpacking like all the like the whole story that we both just said then, we've both had to look back at that and work out at each stage yeah. how it was us yeah. that brought that into our lives. Yeah, well, because everything that's happened in my life has been a reflection of how I was you feeling felt, about myself. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, the frequency you're attracting is yeah. everything that you had internally been thinking about yourself. Yeah, so it wasn't I had a shit boyfriend. It's like yeah. I brought him in. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought I was worthy of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. So that is basically our story and yeah. going forward we'll cover a topic. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll go through different healing things we've done. We'll get some guest speakers on just to give more information than we're capable of giving. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited to introduce everyone to the people that we've met yeah. along the journey so far because there's so many interesting people that have so much information and they love sharing it. Yeah. Like they're... Yeah. You know, that's something too, like last year I felt so isolated yeah. because I was stuck in like this world that I didn't feel suited me anymore. And I just hated all the conversations I was having because everyone was just so limited and like no one understood what I was saying. Everything surface level. Yeah. And yeah. like everyone was just like, fuck, like you're crazy with yeah. the this, this shit that I would say. And then, you know, I broke away and now... I feel like everyone I talk to is open-minded. I know. Like, I just, I'm like, I love the conversations and the people that I'm meeting now. And it's also like you, you can notice a massive shift and that people are like, wait a minute, things aren't adding yeah. up. Let's start looking at it a different way yeah. because what has been happening isn't working. Yeah. And even just the like the community of, you know, like breath workshops or any of those things, th the people there like the most beautiful, kind people you'll ever meet in your life. No yeah. one's there judging each other. There's, you know, I mean, everyone's got an ego, but it's not like I'm better. Yeah, it's just like it's – Yeah. All of it just feels really wholesome. 
Yeah, and we've touched on this before between us about how you might be intimidated to go along to one of these mm. sessions because you feel like you're not as far progressed or you don't have enough information about or what, what if you're... I cry in front of everyone yeah, or... or what if like I'm not dressed the right way mm. or what if like they try to talk to me about a subject and I'm like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah. like everyone is so open and knows that everyone is on a different part of yeah. their journey but the fact is that they're there for you yeah there's the support that comes with it and I mean, I forced myself to go to all of the workshops on my own, basically. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing something pretty wild today on yes, my own. Stay too, tuned. Ray's about to get naked in the forest. <laughs> Dance around a fire. Yeah, she's going solo on that one. I'm not yeah, ready. Yeah, I know. I sent it to her like, yeah, I'll have someone to do it with. And she was like, oh, fuck no, I'm not doing that. No. And that's so. another thing like. Yeah, we're doing this podcast, but we're still working out what the fuck's wrong with us. Like we've got a lot of things to go through. There's nothing wrong with us, okay? Let's just reframe (laughs) that. See, that's an old... speak for yourself. That's that's an old (laughs) thought pattern though is to just so quickly like... Put yourself down. Put myself down. Yeah. And I I need to be fixed. That is... That's like my pet peeve with you. I'm like, bitch, you don't need to be fixed. (laughs) Well, 30 years of conditioning is a slow process, which is what everyone needs to remember not to be so hard on themselves if they do have moments of pitfalls because... It's You're only human. You human. came here to have a human experience. Yes. And everyone's like, wait, what? Like, wait, what? what? <laughs> where, did, where did I come from? <laughs> That's another episode. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for, yeah. thanks for tuning in and um, listening to us talk about our current and previous experiences. Yeah. We're excited to take you along this journey and look forward to exploring new things. Yeah. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>